If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I invite you to please turn in the, your Bible to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Exodus 20 and verse 12. We're going to get you ready for Mother's Day next Sunday, tonight. So we're going to talk about honoring our mothers. And there will be no excuse for forgetting Next Sunday, Exodus 20, Aaron, can I get you to get me? Thank you, brother. And a new nose, too. <laughs> I'm not going to use the mic. Okay, excuse me while my nose continues to run. Exodus 20, verse 12. Let's pray together. Dear Lord in heaven, we do thank you, Lord God, for your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your gentleness, your patience. We thank you, Lord, for... The way you, Lord, uh, continue to abide with us, despite our own unfaithfulness. Lord, you are faithful. You keep covenant to the thousands generation. Of them that love you, keep your commandments. So now, Lord, we pray. Bless us tonight as we talk about this important subject. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would stimulate all of us and encourage the women and mothers in our church. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Amen. Well, tonight we want to talk about honoring our mothers, and that, uh, as we're going to see tonight, that this is a lifetime commandment. This is not just simply a merely an one annual day observance, but we find in the scriptures, in the Ten Commandments, at least three of those Ten Commandments mention the family of God. The Fifth Commandment, honor your father and your mother. The Seventh Commandment, you shall not commit adultery. And the Tenth Commandment, you shall not cover your neighbor's house, you shall not cover your neighbor's wife, nor any of his other possessions. So we see in these commandments that God esteems mothers and fathers, and uh, especially does so by giving them one entire commandment by itself. It's the duty, therefore, of all Christian people of honoring our mothers. Now, this means not just only our biological mothers, and I want to make that point too. It also means that we honor our mothers in the Lord. Jesus told us that we would have many mothers, he said. Many mothers and many fathers in the Lord. So young people, that means not just your biological mom, but also uh, your moms here at church. You have many moms in this congregation, and you're to honor them as well. We also are going to note that this commandment, as our catechism teaches, is the first commandment with a promise. Now this promise here, you can find again in verse 12, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And I'm going to talk about that 
in my second point. My first point is going to be honoring mothers. And my second point is the blessing of the promise given to us of living long in the land. What does that mean today for us as Christians in the new covenant? Now, why would God put this commandment here? Why would he put this commandment, in fact, in his top ten list? Not only does God make this commandment in his top ten, it's number one in the six commandments that pertain to our human relationships. If you look at these ten commandments, you'll note the first four apply to your relationship with the Lord God, and the latter six apply to your relationship with other human beings. And the number one commandment with regard to other human beings is your relationship with your mom and dad. We see that this commandment is foundational to all other human relationships. It's, the, it's our first relationship ordinarily that we have. We come into this world and the first relationship we develop is that with our parents. So we're going to talk about honoring our mothers tonight. And we're going to talk about also then, secondly, how that applies to living long in the land. Now let's talk about honoring our moms. First of all, we need to note that motherhood is not universally honored in the world as it is in the Bible. The Bible esteems motherhood. And we can go to a lot of verses. Let me give you a few. Psalm 113, verse 9. He makes a barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. Psalm 113, 9. Psalm 128, 3. Maybe familiar to many of you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like olive plants around your table. This is the blessing of God upon the family. Psalm 127. The fruit, of the, womb, the fruit of the womb is a reward. Now, if you look out at the various isms of the world, militant feminism, Marxism, materialism, uh, socialism, all these things have a tendency to war against motherhood. Mom is under attack from a variety of co-belligerents. Not only is mom under attack, but so are her daughters under attack by those who don't want you as young women to become mothers of godly children. Now, we see as we study uh, sociological and demographic patterns that cultures that do not honor motherhood as they should, they often uh, pay the penalty uh, sociologically and demographically. Those who do not esteem motherhood eventually have to reap what they have sown. Let's take the nation of Japan, for example. In the 1950s, Japan had a normal pyramid shape in terms of its age distribution. That is, the point at the top were those who were the oldest, and as you work your way down in pyramid shape, those who were younger, it widened. However, uh, today, that pyramid is almost inverted. And demographers tell us that by the year 2030, so that's just not too far away, almost a couple decades. Almost one-third of the population of Japan is going to be over 65 years of age. One-third. And only 9.7% are going to be 14 years old or under. So what you have is a small population now having to bear a greater and greater proportion of a population above. 
Now compare that to the United States. We have 19.4% who are 65 and above. And we have 18.2% that are 14 and under. So we have about a uh, little less, a little more than half of a younger population than Japan does. And we have less of an elderly population. So that's a little bit better uh, of a demographic trend. Now, I need more tissue. In the annex of the men's room, there's a box there. I'd appreciate it. Covenant Church, um, I did this a couple years ago. Um, our zero to 18 year old population is about 50 percent. <laughs> um, so we're doing well. Um, in fact, thank you, Tom. <laughs> in fact, um, when you look at our demographics compared to, I tried to find countries that were similar. Anybody want to guess which countries we might have a similarity with? Uh, actually, Islamic countries, uh, Middle Eastern countries. Um, so we are certainly doing our part uh, under, the, under the Lord's blessing, uh, demographically. Now, of course, this all means raising these children for the Lord, too. So uh, motherhood is, is not universally honored, and, and so it's, I think, all the more important that the church honor our mothers, that we honor you who are mothers. Uh, you're under a lot of pressure and sometimes scorn. Boy, that's going to sound lovely on the CD. <laughs> My apologies to those of you listening on your iPod. <clears throat> Motherhood is under attack uh, by the socialists. Uh, Lenin and Engels. Uh, I had a quote, now I can't find it. From Lenin, basically it wasn't saying great things. It was comparing motherhood to slavery and and uh, needing to get the mom, you know, in the factory or wherever in the shop. But these ideas are, are being promoted today a, a lot on on our college campuses, and so young women are under a lot of pressure um, to to fit that mold. But let me give you uh, what Proverbs 31 tells us in verses 10 to 31. Uh, Proverbs 31 gives us a very different picture. Now note that the, the godly woman is a woman of industry. Okay? She, is, she is not just some uh, wallflower and, and uh, doing nothing, but she's an industrious woman, a godly woman. She's building her home, building her family. She's working for the kingdom of God. And she labors. She works with her hands. And she does. Sometimes... Work outside the home for the building up of the family. Uh, she, we see her working uh, with textiles. Uh, we see her going out and choosing a, a piece of property and, and buying that. She has some savvy uh, about her uh, business dealings, and she, she has a variety of gifts. Now, we know that Proverbs 31 is, uh, is a, an acrostic uh, using the Hebrew alphabet, so... Uh, you know, keep that in mind. Don't burden yourself excessively, women, uh, as you go through these verses here in Proverbs 31. 
boys and girls, what I mean by an acrostic is it would be like taking the English alphabet, A, B, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F. And let's just say you made a Mother's Day card and you took all 26 letters of the alphabet and you said, A, mom is adorable. B, mom is beautiful. C, mom, you know, is clever. Okay, and you just made an acrostic uh, using all the letters of the alphabet. That's essentially what you have here in Proverbs 31, verses 10. It's lost in the English translation, but it is there in the Hebrew, that each letter of each verse there begins with um, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hay, all the various Hebrew letters um, all the way to the end. So she is compared to uh, a merchant ship, verse 14, that she brings needed goods and wears home. Uh, she works, verses 15 and 18, even sometimes long hours, uh, works into the night. Uh, doesn't stay too long in bed. She provides for her family, engages in commerce, verses 16 and 24, real estate we mentioned, market selling to tradesmen, uh, does not eat the bread of idleness, verse 27. So, you know, here's an industrious woman and, and uh, a woman who is, who is active uh, doing the Lord's work. Now, this uh, woman of excellence does not buy the cultural lie that, that the good life is a life without work. Work is a gift from God. Now, that work has been cursed, and it has thorns and thistles in this life, but still, nevertheless, work was good. God gave Adam and Eve work to do prior to the fall. And we ought to encourage women in, in whatever God has called them to do. Paul says, whatever you find your hand doing, do it with all your might. Proverbs warns us against being like a slugger. Let me make a few thoughts and applications here. First of all, let me urge those of you women, uh, young and older, uh, to work hard at your calling to be a wife and a mother. Titus 2 verse 4 says this, encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home. So here we have a, a verse uh, commanding wives and, and mothers to be uh, working hard at being a good wife and mother. We can look at church history illustrations. These, will definitely, these women definitely set a high bar. Susanna Wesley uh, many have called the mother of Methodism. She, of course, was the mother to uh, John and Charles Wesley. She herself was the 25th of 25 children. That's unbelievable to me. Uh, but she herself had 19 children and sought to spend time with each one each week and led them in devotions. Her Sunday afternoon devotions with the kids became more well attended sometimes than the morning service itself. Um, and it was, of course, John and Charles Wesley that helped bring the gospel to so many parts of the United Kingdom and to America, even here in Georgia. Sarah Edwards, we've talked of her before, her hospitality, in addition to raising all her children, I forget, did she have 11? I can't remember, uh, led David Brainerd to come and uh, to spend his last days on earth in their home. And uh, his biography stimulated missions around the world. Let me speak here to us, uh, 
who have parents and how we need to esteem them. Uh, let me say this to you children. The Bible says you need to revere your parents. It's a, it's a godly fear mixed with love. A godly fear mixed with love. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 3 says, You shall fear every man his mother and father. Now, it's interesting that mother is named first here. You shall fear every man his mother and his father. Now, some, such as uh, Matthew Henry, have speculated that mothers are mentioned first because there's more occasion to give offense to mother because mother has to interact with the children to a greater degree often than the father does. And so... Uh, some commentators have speculated that the mother is mentioned first, that we make special effort to honor our mothers because we have more dealings with our mothers uh, in length of time than we do our fathers. Something to think about, boys and girls. Are you, are you fearing and honoring and loving your mother? Or is it because you spend more time with her that you tend to slight mom uh, more often, maybe more easily, more regularly? And, and, it, and reverence is given to dad. Dad scares me more. You know, or something like that. But the Bible says here to fear your mother. Honor her. Now, number two. We see here that it also says to revere parents in speaking to them and of them. The Bible commands that the, what you say, the content of what you say to your parents is very important. That it be loving and it be respectful and that it honor them. But not only what you speak to them, but also how you speak of them in their absence. That is, how do you speak of your parents to your friends? Are you honoring your mother and father when they are not with you in front of other people? So the Bible says that we need to do both. In the way we speak to our parents, the content, the tone of voice we use with our parents, sometimes... You can say the right thing, but you don't say it the right way. I, my parents used to get on me about this as a teenager. It's not what you said, but how you said it. I don't know if I'm the only one who ever gets that line used on them, but I heard that one more than once. And, and we need to be careful the way we, we speak, the, the tone we use, that it's a temperate tone, that we do not speak intemperately towards our, our mothers we are to think of Proverbs 31:28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. That uh, we are to praise our mothers uh, for the sacrifices they've made and for the gifts God has given them, the graces God has given them. And we also show reverence to our mothers by submitting to them as children uh, to our mothers. Um, very interesting historical examples in the Old Testament. Uh, and, and we have a couple of them that show the reverence that is given by adult men in positions of authority to their mothers. Let me give you a couple examples. The first one is Joseph. Joseph has risen to become prime minister in Egypt. And his father was poor and yet Joseph bows down to his father. Now, of course, his mother was dead. If his mother had been there, he probably would have done the same. And I'll show you why I know that. But Joseph bows down to his father. Now, this is the most powerful man, second to Pharaoh, 
in all of the nation. And yet he bows to his dad. But we also see it with regard to mom, Solomon. He was coronated as king in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. He's already king. And yet, when his mom walks into the room, Solomon gets off his throne. <coughs> and he recognizes her. He stands in her presence. Now, I don't know how many times I've seen kids where adults have come into the room, into somebody's home, and the kids don't even get off the couch. You don't have a throne. And Solomon did. And yet Solomon got off his throne to honor. Uh, Deuteronomy warns us, Cursed is he who dishonors his father and mother. Deuteronomy 27, 16. That those who dishonor their parents are under a curse from God. <coughs> Colossians 3.20 Children, obey your parents in all things. Listen to their counsel. Proverbs 1.8 says this, Hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. That is, comply with your parents. Listen to their commandments. Leviticus 19.32 shows us that it's not only our biological parents, but those who have preceded us in years. Leviticus 19.32 says, You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged. You shall revere your God. I am the Lord. So how do we revere the Lord? We honor people who are older than us. Uh, we honor those who have lived longer than us, who have more years, uh, more, uh, certainly more experience than us. And also the Bible says we honor them in, by... Uh, assisting them in their time of need. <clears throat> Jesus Christ was obedient to the fifth commandment perfectly. Uh, he was obedient from the heart, but also with regard to his actions. Uh, God the Father said to that this was his son in whom he was well pleased. He honored his heavenly father, and he also subjected himself to his mother and father. Jesus Christ, uh, the Bible tells us, was in subjection to his parents. He went home and lived with them. All right, we're going to pause just for a minute. Hold on. Thank you. All right. Now let's uh, talk also about what does this mean that, that, that the, uh, those who uh, honor their mother and father shall live long in the land? Well, uh, it means this, that the, the promise of the land was a sign that, uh, of eternity. It was a sign of eternal blessing. Uh, to live in the land of flowing with milk and honey, it was a type of, et of eternal blessedness. And so the land was of great importance. Uh, to not be cut off from the land uh, was of great significance. To be exiled from the land uh, through the uh, capturing of, of the people of God by Assyria and then later Babylon, this was demonstrated a curse from God. God was removing his people typologically uh, out, out of heaven and uh, was letting them feel the curse of disobedience. 
So when we have this promise to honor our fathers and our mothers, that you might live long in the land, this is not to suggest that our salvation is by works, that if I uh, obey my parents enough, I will get saved, I will be saved. But what this verse does teach us is that we show ourselves uh, to be in a saving relationship with the Lord. We have genuine faith in Jesus Christ and that the fruit of that will be a more and more consistent, uh, loving, revering of our mothers and honoring of our moms. Uh, it will be imperfect, but it should be purposeful. And that as we grow in grace, we should also be growing in our obedience uh, to the fifth commandment and honoring our moms. So what this uh, verse is promising, that if the children of Israel would honor their mothers and fathers, God would allow them to live long in the land. And uh, the promise was given to this nation to encourage them to obedience, that there would be longevity, there would be prosperity. And this, of course, was all by grace. Now, I would say a couple things about that. What does this mean for us? I'll give you three thoughts and we'll close. Number one, I think the prosperity of the church of Jesus Christ uh, depends upon obedience to this commandment. Now, again, that's all under the, you know, the grace of, of the Lord. But instrumentally, uh, if we are negligent in obeying our mothers and honoring our mothers, then the church is not going to prosper. If motherhood is undermined by our young people, or if it's undermined by <coughs> the church in her teachings, <coughs> or the church in uh, honoring the aged mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers in our presence, I think God's going to allow the church to suffer a decline. Now, I'll be bold here and go out on a limb, but I would suggest to you that one of the, one of the things... Uh, one of the reasons the mainline denominations are statistically declining is they have lost confidence in, in the Bible. That's first and foremost. But they've also lost confidence in what the Bible teaches about motherhood. And I think one of the reasons we're seeing those churches year after year uh, slowly die is because they're under curse. They have been unfaithful to God unfaithful to his gospel and then they've been unfaithful to the fifth commandment and it is showing and they are declining now we could spend a lot of time talking about that and I'm sure there would be people in the mainline church who would love to take issue with what I just said but it cannot be argued at least statistically demographically those churches that have been faithful to the scriptures, have held a high view of scripture and a high view of God's commandments in this country, evangelical churches are growing. And they are multiplying. And that I think we could argue we see the blessing of God. They are living long in the land. God is prospering those churches. And churches that have lost confidence in Christ, lost confidence in his word, have lost confidence in what the Bible says about women, about mothers, they are shrinking. Number two, um, a church as well as a family or a culture that dishonors its predecessors does not have much of a future. That would be my second application. 
A church, a culture, or a family that dishonors its predecessors, that is, boys and girls, those people who have gone before us, will not have much of a future. Um, We all came, Job says, naked into this world, and we did not come into this world uh, that was void, but we came into a world where churches were already built, into a country where liberties were already established, a world built by who? By whom? Our mothers and our fathers. Now it's indeed an imperfect world to be sure, but it is a world nevertheless that has had many advances. And who do we thank under God for that? We honor those who have gone before us. I think those who dishonor their mothers do live with a a vain air of entitlement. People who dishonor their parents often have also this air that they're owed everything. And just by their own existence, they, they are due various things, even whatever their hearts desire. And I think it's an ingratitude that God does, in fact, judge. Um, you know, those who uh, do not respect their elders, I'm going to argue, again, I'm going out on a limb here, but I, I would argue that those who do not respect their elders, who do not honor their mothers and fathers, also tend not to care about those who follow them. That is, those that if they ignore and dishonor their predecessors, they also don't care about their descendants. I'll give you an example of what I mean. I think, if you remember from the 1960s, we were told by a, a generation not to trust anyone over 30. You remember that? remember reading about it. Um, that, was, that was one of the slogans of the 60s. Don't trust anybody over 30. Now that does, doesn't sound like honoring mother and father. And now that generation, which even had the, the, the song, This is My Generation by The Who, who told us not to trust over anybody over 30, now look, after they have been in leadership, look at the legacy they're leaving us and leaving their grandchildren. They're leaving their grandchildren and great-grandchildren the incredible debt. So not only did they dishonor their own parents, but now many of these radicals who have taken control of this country now are leaving us impoverished. They've cared neither for their parents nor for their children or grandchildren. One of the most selfish generations possibly in American history. So there are many curses that come with dishonoring our mothers and our fathers. One more application would close. As I mentioned earlier, the land, the promise for the long life in the land, it was, it was typological, it represented heaven. And the promised land signified eternal life through coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And I think what this teaches us, we need to be careful. Those who dishonor their mothers may indeed prove themselves never to have really been regenerated. A true faith in Jesus Christ is going to produce in us a godly reverence for our parents, for our grandparents, for the elders in the church, for the civil magistrate, for all types of God-ordained authority. If you look at what the Westminster Confession and Catechisms teach... They teach that this commandment to honor our mother and father has many, many applications. 
applications to the state, applications to the church, applications to the home. And if we are really showing ourselves to be true believers in Jesus Christ, one of the things that we will do with regard to the fifth commandment is we will honor God-ordained authorities. I was listening to a song by R.E.M. a couple weeks ago. I always liked the tune, but I never really knew what the words said. And I listened more closely as I listened to this tune, and, and I realized the tune was basically preaching autonomy. And I don't have to listen to anybody. I'll do my own thing. Thank you very much. And this, of course, is a tragic message uh, to be giving to young people. Uh, God has placed us all under authority. There's nobody who's without authority. And in fact, there are multiple authorities in our life. And if we are really going to be faithful Christians, this is not to preach a salvation by works. But again, uh, we, we must show ourselves to be true sons and daughters of a heavenly father by honoring our earthly fathers and mothers here in this world. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we do thank you, Lord, for reminding us of this important command, the first commandment, with a promise. And pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would bear fruit in our lives in this regard. That we, Lord, might fulfill the fifth commandment and we might seek to do it all year. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen.